and welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA here on Anchor FM and Spotify and some of the other platforms that we broadcast under uh, here <laughs> at Sunshine USA. I'm Warren Landis, your Sunshine USA Bible study teacher, and of course, Bible study is what this podcast is all about. We enjoy getting together every day uh, on the internet, and we enjoy studying the Word of God. Now, right now, we're in the book of Jonah. We're making great progress in our study through the Word of God. We started uh, a long time ago (laughs) with Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and we have continued till now that we're in the book of Jonah. And uh, it's been a very exciting book, to say the least. This is our third podcast now dealing with uh, the book of Jonah. And we will probably conclude our study of the book of Jonah today. Now, today we're in chapter 4, which I might add is the final chapter in the book of Jonah. So Jonah is clearly listed among the minor prophets. And once again... It bears repeating that the message of a minor prophet is minor only because they didn't have as much to say as the major prophets, but nonetheless, what they do say is indeed and in fact very, very important. Now, in our study of the book of Jonah so far, we find that God gave a specific command to Jonah. He says, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach my word there. And, of course, uh, Jonah doesn't do what the Lord told him to do. He gets on a ship and he goes as far away from Nineveh as he can get. (laughs) Well, one thing about it, Jonah learns the hard way. You can't run from God. I mean, you can certainly try. And you may succeed in getting a fairly good distance from where God wants you to be. But ultimately, God is going to find you and uh, he's going to deal with you. And that was the case with Jonah. Uh, Jonah ends up getting thrown overboard on the ship that he's traveling on. Now, that would be... I would imagine a pretty frightening experience right there. Can you imagine being out in the middle of the ocean somewhere and being thrown overboard? (laughs) I mean, can you imagine that? I imagine that would be, uh, from my vantage point, very scary. I mean, if it were me, I'd be scared to death. And then it seemingly gets even worse. He gets swallowed up by a big fish. Now it's interesting to notice that here in the book of Jonah, even in the King James Version, we don't find the word whale. I mean, down through the years, people have just assumed that it would be a whale because of the fact that the whale is obviously uh, a pretty big mammal that lives in the ocean. And it's usually one of the biggest living things we can think of in the ocean. But the Bible says it was a big fish. And this big fish swallows Jonah. 
And Jonah spends three days and three nights inside the belly of this fish. And I would imagine it was the most horrifying three days and three nights Jonah had ever seen. <clears throat> there were times when he thought he was going to be strangled to death. There was times when he thought he was going to drown or be crushed to death. But eventually, um, Jonah is sped up by the fish, and he lands on the beach. <laughs> now, you know, at this time of year, a lot of people would be very happy to be on the beach. But even here, Jonah is not yet where God wants him to be. God wants him to go to Nineveh, and of course, God reiterates his command for him to go to Nineveh, which, by the way, is a three-day journey from where he lands on the beach. And so for the next three days, Jonah travels all the way to Nineveh. Now I would imagine that the whole time that he's walking to Nineveh, he is thinking, <laughs> I don't really want to do this, I don't really want to do this, I don't really want to do this. You see, the people of Nineveh were his enemy. Jonah was an Israelite, he was a Hebrew, and the Hebrew people considered the people of Nineveh to be their enemy. And Jonah was a very patriotic Jewish citizen. So he had no desire to go to Nineveh. Now the reason he was so reluctant to preach in Nineveh, because he knew that if he preached in Nineveh, the people would probably respond and then God would withhold the judgment. So he gets to Nineveh, and finally, finally, we see that Nona, Jonah gets to doing the work that God called him to do. He preaches in Nineveh. Now I would imagine that Jonah took great pride saying, guess what folks, 40 more days and you guys are going to be destroyed. God is going to beat you up and spit you out. And I'm thinking that Jonah thinks, man, I can hardly wait to watch this. <laughs> and, uh, but something interesting happens here. The people, including the king, respond positively to the message of Jonah. And guess what? They repent and they turn to the Lord. I mean, seriously, they repent and they return to the Lord. And, um, <laughs> and then we come to verse 1 in chapter 4. Now, let's look at it this way. <laughs> How would you feel if you were a missionary and uh, you're sent to a country over in Africa, and you preach your heart out, and everybody in the country gets saved. Man, you would probably think, man, I'm the most successful missionary that, <laughs> that has ever come here to Africa. Or let's say you went to a church as an evangelist to preach a revival. And let's say that... <laughs> 
all the unsaved people in the church get saved. And many unsaved people get saved outside the church. Man, I tell you, you would be praising the Lord for a million years, but not Jonah. The Bible says in Jonah chapter 4, verse 1, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. <laughs> he was very angry. Can you imagine that? With results like that, evangelists and missionaries today would be shouting all over the place. But Jonah was angry, and he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before Tarshish, before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, merciful and slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. <laughs> in other words, the revival that broke out in Nineveh, uh, the thing is, Jonah knew that would happen. <laughs> and he also knew that God was not only a God of judgment and wrath, but God was also a God of mercy, a God of grace, slow to anger, and of great kindness. You see? And all of that explains why Jonah was not willing initially to go to the people of Nineveh. He says in verse 3, Therefore, now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. So now we have a situation where Jonah doesn't want to live anymore. He wants to die. I mean, when you would rather die than see your enemy get right with the Lord, there's something wrong with this picture. It tells me that uh, Jonah <laughs> himself needed to get right with the Lord. Then said the Lord, doest thou well to be angry? In other words, uh, God said, Jonah, why are you angry? So Jonah went out of the city, and he sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth, and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. That's in verse 5. So, you see, <laughs> Jonah is still not giving up the hope that Nineveh will be destroyed. Maybe he's thinking, oh yeah, they got right with the Lord, but man, it ain't going to last. They're going to return to their wicked ways, and guess what? God will still destroy the city. And I'm going to sit here at my booth, and I'm going to watch it happen. And that's when I'll be celebrating. <laughs> See, Jonah still ain't got it. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah, that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. But God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day, and it smote the gourd that it withered. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted, 
and wished himself to die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. Now, once again, here we have Jonah wishing he were dead because this gourd that was shading him and cooling him had now withered away. And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry even at the death. So we see Jonah is still not apologizing for the fact that he's angry about the gourd withering away. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for thou, uh, thou hast had pity on the gourd, for the which thou hast not labored, neither hast thou made it grow, which came up in the night and perished in a night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein there are more than three score thousand persons? that cannot discern between their right hand and the left hand, and also much cattle. So God here is letting Jonah know that uh, he's not right to be angry here. Because after all, the people did turn from their wicked ways, and God spared judgment. Now, we know historically speaking, that indeed and in fact, the people of Nineveh did not stay right with the Lord. There came a time when they did return to their sinful ways. But the thing about it is, God is a God of mercy. He is a God of love. And I can tell you right now, if you're listening to this podcast, God loves you very very much. He loves you more than you can imagine. And he wants to give you a brand new life. And and you know the good thing about the life that the Lord offers you, not only do you have a home in heaven whenever you die or whenever the Lord comes back in the rapture, but the thing about it is you have a new life right now. God can in this life give you joy and love, and peace, a sound mind. You see? So God gives you something, both now and for later, (laughs) if you're just willing to get right with him. Now you might say, well now Warren, you know, you, you have no idea what I've done. Warren, you have no idea how sinful and evil and wicked I am. And of course you're right, I don't. (laughs) because basically, if you're listening to this podcast, especially outside the United States, I don't know you. You don't know me that well either. But the thing about it is, I know God. And I know something of the great love that God has for everyone. And I know that God has the power to change lives. Just as he changed the lives of the people of Nineveh, God wants to change your life as well. He wants to give you a much better life on this earth right now. But we also find 
that God wants to give you eternal life in the life to come. You know? Now, <laughs> let me tell you something, folks. I thank God that I'm not going to live on this earth in my current body forever. I don't think my body would take that. You know, my body gets older every day. And I have all kinds of health issues. And I just don't see this body lasting as long as it's already lasted. It makes me glad to realize that in heaven I'm going to have a new body. No more pain. No more suffering. No more heartache. No more disease. The Bible says I'll have a brand new body. It's like I will live forever and ever in all eternity in the prime of life. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But you see, the Lord also lets me know that even now, he has so much to give me. You know, when I uh, watch the news every day on television, if I weren't a Christian, if I didn't know Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord, man, I'd be depressed. <laughs> and, and I tell you, even as a Christian, I limit how long I spend every day listening to the news. I can only take so much. But you see, I understand that God is in control. Think about that, folks. God is in control. <laughs> Things might look bad if I watch the news, but I know that ultimately things are going to get better. Because one of these days, I'm going to live forever in this wonderful place called heaven. And the Bible tells me, in John chapter 14, I'm going to have a mansion. <laughs> I get excited about that, let me tell you. I've never lived in an earthly mansion. Never have. And I don't ever expect to. Now, I thank the God for the apartment that I have right now. This past November, I moved into the apartment that I now live in. And man, I am thoroughly enjoying this apartment. I love the amenities that it has. Uh, I love where this apartment is located. I mean, it's located basically right on the edge of downtown Greenville. I'm near a waterfall park. I'm near a baseball stadium. And boy, I tell you, I can just... I, I couldn't be excited more about... <laughs> where I live right now on this earth. It's, it's basically the nicest apartment I've ever had. But, but let me tell you something, folks. It's nowhere near as nice as the home I'm going to have in heaven. I mean, this place, as nice as it is, as it is, it's nothing compared to heaven. Heaven is going to be so great, so wonderful, so exciting... But you see, when I got saved, I don't have to wait till I go to heaven to enjoy the gift of salvation that the Lord has given me. I can enjoy it right here, right now, because that's what God has done for me.
And I can also tell you as a preacher of the gospel, I thank God for the power of preaching. You know, <laughs> now I, I'll be honest with you, I've never had the, the great success that Jonah had. You know, I mean, I'm the kind of person if I preach to a crowd of people and just one or two people get saved, man, I get excited over that. Even though it's nothing compared to the great success Jonah had. But you see, I understand that when I preach the gospel, it has power. It has power because God has power. Even the power to change a life. I remember not too many years ago, I was involved in a jail and prison ministry. I would go into different jails and prisons and I would share the gospel with the inmates. I must say I haven't done that in a long time now. It's been many years since I've participated in a jail or prison ministry. But yet my heart goes out to prisoners because I know that no matter how dangerous they are, no matter how big a criminal they are, I know that God has the power to change hearts and lives. He really does. And when I hear about prisoners that get saved and it turns their life around, man, I tell you, I get excited. Once again, the gospel has power. When I see people that used to have a life wrecked, by drugs and alcohol addiction. And then God saves that person, and now they are free from drugs, they're free from alcohol. They have now gotten themselves a job, and they're becoming productive in their living. I think how wonderful it is that the gospel can change lives. I know that God has changed many lives of the people listening to this podcast. Many people have come to Christ over the last 10 years as a result of this podcast called Sunshine USA. I thank God for that. And I hope that will continue to be the case. Now, I want you to know that if you have turned your life over to God, I'd love to hear from you. The best way for you to notify me is to notify me by email. I have two email addresses. One is warrenlandis at yahoo.com and the other one is warrenlandis at gmail.com. All of this is lowercase. <laughs> so it's very simple. And by the way, you can also, by email, let me know whatever Bible study questions you have, prayer requests, uh, if you want to request a conversation with me, I would be glad to share with you what my telephone number is, and, and you can talk to me on the phone. You know, uh, if you've ever wanted to talk to a preacher on the phone, I'm available. I'm more than happy to talk with you. Now, those of you that want my snail mail address, my snail mail address is Warren Landis. 80 Thruston Street, that's T-H-R-U-S-T-O-N, 80 Thruston Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. That's Warren Landis, 
80 Thruston Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. Now be sure to put the apartment number on there or I won't get it. So that's very important, apartment 8510. And once again, I'd love to hear from you. And uh, if you have a story about how this program has changed your life, I'd love to hear it. And we might even be able to record it and put it on a future radio broadcast. That would be very exciting as well. <laughs> Amen. Well, let's see. In our Bible study, next we come to the book of Micah. Now, Micah is another minor prophet. And we will begin taking a look at the prophet of Minah in the very next broadcast. And I think you will find it to be a very interesting study. And by the way, if you haven't told anybody lately about this uh, broadcast, I hope that you will do so. Because chances are, if you enjoy listening to Sunshine USA, uh, there are other people that you know that would love to hear this podcast as well. So I hope that you will go ahead and do that. Uh, one thing I want to do right now on the broadcast, I want to take some time uh, to share just a few of the emails that I have received from our radio listeners. Uh, here we have an email, believe it or not, from the United Kingdom, Scotland. <laughs> and they listen to this broadcast, and this person tells me, that they are praying for me every day, and man, I tell you, I appreciate that. That means more than you can ever imagine. <laughs> I would rather somebody pray for me than give me a million dollars. Can you imagine that? Now, that that's different from what you hear from some of the other TV and radio preachers today. They would much rather you give them a million dollars than for you to pray for them. But I would say, hey... <laughs> A million dollars doesn't excite me near as much as it is to know that you were praying for me and the different needs that this ministry has. And, and like I say, you know, I, I don't receive a dime for doing this podcast. I mean, I do this podcast out of the goodness of my heart and most of all out of my love for God and my love for people. Because I don't receive a dime from this broadcast. I do it only for one reason, and that is because I love you. And I love the Lord. And so it means a lot to me to know that you are praying. Um, here we have uh, a missionary in Israel that is listening to Sunshine USA. And I find this very exciting, too. I mean, it's great to know that through the Internet, I'm able to teach the Bible in the land of the Bible. Man, I get excited about that. Hey, man. Um, now, here we have a high school graduate. This person is at least getting ready to graduate from high school. They say they will be graduating on May 31st, which, by the way, is the same date I graduated from high school back in 1974. 
I went to the famous Carolina High School here in Greenville, South Carolina. Graduated there May 31st, 1974. And uh, this person wanting to know, they're uh, wanting to know whether or not they should go to college or whether or not they should go right to work. You know, what should they do? Well, obviously I'm very excited that this person is getting ready to graduate from high school. That is a great first step, no matter what direction the Lord leads you into. Now, it's not necessarily necessary for you to go to college for four years. I mean, first of all, you have to look at how expensive that would be. It would cost a lot of money nowadays to go to college for four years, and it may not even be necessary. It depends on what you feel called of God to do. Let's say you feel like the Lord is calling you to be a, a plumber or an electrician, maybe a carpenter, or some other skill in the construction industry. Uh, it probably wouldn't be necessary for you to go to college for four years to learn how to do that. You could probably go to a tech school in your local community and just simply commute there and learn how to do what you need to do and do so at a far lower cost than going to college for four years. Um, and by the way, community college and many tech schools nowadays have a community college component. Uh, a community college education for two years is a good way to go if you're not sure what direction you're going in vocationally. That gives you another couple of years to decide what it is the Lord is wanting you to do. And then if he wants you to do something that requires that you go to college, well, you've got a two-year head start. And you've saved a lot of money on your first two years in college. So that's a very good thing uh, to think about right there. Um, but I do appreciate this high school student contacting me. It lets me know that we have young people listening uh, to this broadcast. And uh, I am glad that they're willing to take time out of their day to listen to the Word of God being taught. And then we have here uh, someone that's very concerned about their aging parents. Uh, they have a desire to take care of their parents, but they also have a full-time job with full-time responsibilities, and they aren't sure if they have time for a full-time job, as well as the full-time responsibility of taking care of their parents. Well, uh, I believe that the Bible wants us to take care of our parents. In fact, I think God wants us to take care of any member of our family that needs help. I mean, I believe that with all of my heart. And, um, and of course, I relate to the fact, too, that not everybody can quit their jobs and just take care of their loved one. Um, it might be that you have to maybe talk to people in your church that might help you take care of your family member. 
they might be willing to volunteer some of their time. Uh, you may want to look into uh, a well-run nursing home or assisted living facility. That might be an option. Uh, although there's a lot of expense involved in that, but uh, there are all kinds of different assisted living facilities with different levels of service, and you might look into what's available, and you might also look into different ways to pay for that. In many cases, if you have Medicaid, for example, Medicaid might, in this country, uh, help you pay for that, or the country where you live might help you pay for that. But obviously, we have a need to take care of our own, and uh, it's not easy. <laughs> it is a full-time job. Uh, I remember one time a preacher friend of mine had become bedridden, and his wife took care of him and did this actually for many years, and it was hard on her physically to do that. And then, too, she felt bad about the fact that she didn't get to go to church very much anymore because she was taking care of her husband. So it's a very big thing. And by the way, this presents a ministry opportunity for churches. If you have people in your church that are willing to help somebody take care of their family members, uh, that would be a great thing. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, that's just a few of the emails that I have received. Uh, we don't receive a lot of emails, I'll be honest with you. I wish we received more, but we do receive a few, and I love reading these emails. And, and by the way, I personally see every email that is sent to me. And one of the reasons for that is I don't have a staff. I do what I do for free, and there's obviously no money to hire a staff to help me do it, so... I see every single email that comes into this radio ministry. And I will personally respond to it, I can assure you. Well, until next time, this is Warren Landis saying goodbye. God bless you, and don't fret none, because guess what? <laughs> I'll be back next time on Sunshine USA.